The cannabis facilities that are successful that I've seen are very similar to other retail, and that's good customer service. Mm. If you have people that are there and they are engaged and they're helping you and they're responsive, you're going to come back to that location. That also helped prevent shoplifting or other kinds of losses from occurring. And from a security point of view, really, you don't want guards everywhere. You may have a guard in the front of the location at a retail location, but for the most part, your employees are your security. Welcome to the KayaCast podcast presented by Kaya Push, the cannabis software making people management easy. The KayaCast is all about helping cannabis retailers launch, grow, and scale their business. I'm your host, Tom Mulhern, and I want to invite you to join us each week for conversations with thought leaders in the cannabis industry about their experience and expertise of working in the cannabis. Well, I am so excited to share another one of my interviews from MJ BizCon. And this is actually the very first interview I did when I got there. And, you know, I just arrived uh, into Vegas and walked into the convention center with the 35,000 other people that were there, 1,200 vendors from all over the world. And I got to say, it was a great start to uh, the different interviews I did while I was there. My first interview was with Tony Gallo, and Tony Gallo is the managing partner for Sapphire Risk Advisory Group, which is one of the top security companies in the cannabis industry. Tony has more than 30 years of loss prevention, audit safety, risk emergency management. He's considered really one of the leading authorities on cannabis security, armed robberies, burglary investigation. He's a published author of cannabis security designs. And over the last seven years, he's spoken at tons of cannabis business conferences across the country. Tony is always out there, always meeting people in the industry. And Tony is just a fantastic individual. It's always great when you meet people and you just know that they're so down to earth. And that's really really who Tony is. During my interview with Tony, we dove into all sorts of great insights into cannabis security, cannabis retailers can do to, you know, assure that they have the security in place that they need. And so I hope you enjoy this interview with Tony Gallo from Sapphire Risk. Well, Tony, thank you for joining us here on the KayaCast podcast. We're at MJ BizCon. It's noisy. And I'm excited to chat about kind of how you got into cannabis. So let's start there. How did you get, tell me about your background and how you got into cannabis. Sure. So so I've been in the retail security field about 25 years, even maybe even longer. Uh, I was the regional director for Sears in the New York uh, City area. Okay. I was the uh, director for a uh, retail company, which now is part of Macy's. And then I spent about 17 years as the director of a publicly traded pawn shop chain in 100 stores in three different countries. And then in 2013, I left them and I started a Sapphire Risk Advisory Group. And we were we were only focused on high-risk businesses, companies that had a large amount of cash and a very desirable piece of merchandise. So jewelry stores, pawn shop, liquor stores, firearm stores, convenience stores, tobacco stores. <laughs> Did your experience then of 
being in those high-risk industries, has that shaped what you're doing with Sapphire? It did. It was very interesting how we how we got involved in the cannabis industry because when I started the company in 2013, I knew nothing about the industry at all. I got a phone call from a company that was starting up. They said, uh, we're doing a conference in Boston and we need someone to talk about how to secure your cash in the cannabis industry. So I hung up the phone. I said, let me call you right back. And I'm like, all right, let me look up what to do. <laughs> and I'm like, large amount of cash, very desirable piece of merchandise, falls right into that jewelry pond you know, that I've been doing. So I call back this startup company called MJ Biz. <laughs> this, this little business. Talk right? to Chris Walsh. Okay. There were 125 people at the first event. There were 15 vendors. And uh, I remember the, the person who spoke before me headed up MedMed. Now he ran MedMed. And the guy after that was like GTI. And we went from there. And then from there on, you know, uh, I did another speaking in Chicago and so forth and so on. So, so you've grown in the cannabis industry. How long have you been in it exactly? Started in 2013. So this is our 10th year. Oh, wow. Well, we need to have a birthday cake or something <laughs> right. for your 10th year. Right. In that experience... Do you bring elements of that pawn industry, the high risk, into what you do as Sapphire Risk? Very much so. When I first started, obviously this industry was much different than it is now. But I think there's still a concept that cannabis is a very unique thing like nuclear waste or something. Mm. You know. And it really, it's a retail business. Yeah. You know, you grow in a product, you produce a product, you sell the product, the dispensaries. If I remove the cannabis from a dispensary and substitute a jewelry, it's very similar to a jewelry store in a lot of ways yeah. or, or, or something of that nature. So I take a lot of the, the 25 years of retail experience and we try and use them in our designs. We're very proud, like, you know, knock on wood, but we've been doing this for 10 years. We've worked with over 600 clients in 35 states, and none of our clients have ever had a robbery. Oh, wow. That's pretty crazy to me because, like, do you have any horror stories of, like, security things that have happened? Or has it been pretty – you guys have created pretty secure systems? Well, or? we come into a lot of companies that after they've had a problem, a break-in or a robbery, and we'll, we'll do a on-site risk assessment and work with them on designing a better program. Now, unfortunately, they've already lost, you know, 100000 300000 mm. One of the things that I've come across was uh, the improper use of the secure safe, I would call. Okay. A lot of companies when they first started, and you know, as you know, the cannabis industry started in the West Coast and moved to the East Coast, were using what's called a gun safe. And gun safes are really uh, just a metal box, not really designed to prevent anyone from breaking in, except like your son. But they're also designed to prevent uh, any, uh, if there was a fire at your house, the guns would be secured. So the, the safe is lined with sheetrock, regular sheetrock, basically. Mm. Unlike a regular, they call TL-rated safe, which you would see like in New Jersey or New York. Yeah. And that's, that holds true, fortunately, during some uh, looting and robbering that's happened throughout the United States. Uh, we were able to see that 23 of these locations all their safes that were breached were all gun safes. So oh. you, you, we took a lot of what we learned from the retail business, and that's just one example, and we brought it into the cannabis industry. Is there a lot of security upgrades that some of those legacy markets have to do now? Like you said, it's moved from the West right. to the East. Is there, is there the ability to do those upgrades? I, I think that uh, you're, they're seeing more and more from and, and able to run your business. You mm -hmm. know, think about, you know, the cannabis industry, large amount of cash, 
even now, still a large amount of cash, very desirable piece of merchandise. If you don't have good security, it's going to affect your margins because you're going to have losses, whether it's internal losses or external losses. And you also see now some of the states are getting involved. Colorado mm. has changed and now requiring more. California is starting to do the same thing. If you look at a security program in Oregon and compare it to one in Massachusetts, it, it, it's night and day. No states, they're just beginning to see it. And for two reasons. A, it's being required by the states in some, some areas. But B, it's really just good business sense mm. to do something that maybe you didn't know you should have been doing 10 years ago. So let's back up a little bit. What exactly does Sapphire Risk do? Like, give me the elevator pitch of what you guys... I'll give you the 30-second the 30 elevator pitch. 30-second elevator pitch. Like I said, so we've been doing this for 10 years. We've yeah. worked with about 600 clients in 35 states, and we do three, we call them phases. Phase one is we help the clients get their application and, and get their license to be able to be in the cannabis industry. Currently, we're working with over 130 of them in New Jersey doing exactly that. Although we focus on the security part of that application, and we've had some very high scores, perfect scores in Illinois with some of our clients, we also help them when it comes to the other things, accounting, law firms, architects, so forth and so on. We find that I, and I never figured out why. Uh, you'll have two individuals that are sitting there at a bar, and they're going to go, they're, hey, let's get in the cannabis industry. And the first person they call is their lawyer, and the second person they call is me. And I, I don't know why, but I'll get calls, and they're like, look, we're looking to get into the cannabis industry. And I'm like, okay, what have you done? And they're like, absolutely nothing. You know, yeah. Can you help us with that? So that's phase one. Phase two is we actually design the build-out of a facility. We've built over 72 locations, and we'll come in. We don't sell any equipment, no cameras, no video, no alarms, no access control, but we'll design the security that meets the regs, and then we'll put it out to bid. You know, we can put it out to some national companies like ADT or Securitas, or we can do the local. We can even do your brother-in-law if he knows what he's doing. We did that in, in, in North Dakota. As long as they can do the job and they're, they're capable, we'll work with them. And then the, the third is kind of the most important thing is we write policies, the day-to-day -day policies, procedures mm -hmm. of how to stay in business. Robbery awareness, cash management, alarm opening and closing employee theft you know these are all basic retail and you'd be surprised how many locations don't have the basic security day-to-day -day mm. procedures what are some of the biggest risks for cannabis retailers like you mentioned you know the, those policies and procedures employee theft what are the biggest things that you guys see for I, security i think if you look at retail and as a whole and cannabis follows suit, 80 to 90% of all the losses that occur in the industry is internal, either employees stealing or employees affecting the margin because they don't care about the business. Very few robberies occur, very few break-ins occur, and a lot of times when they do occur, you look and you go, because you left yourself wide open to that. Yeah. But a lot of people... You know, they'll be uh, pressed by a security integrator. They'll say, oh, my God, you need to do all this and you need to double the amount of money you were going to budget because you're going to get broken into a rob." But really, they should be focusing on their employees themselves and making sure, just like jewelry, just like pawn, just like a big box department store, it's the employees that they need to have those procedures in place. Well, they're investing, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars into cameras and security controls. Right. What are some ways that, you know, they can invest in 
mitigating that risk of employee theft, if I, that's the biggest issue. No, that's a good question. What I would really focus on is your procedures themselves. Let me give you, for instance, we had an individual that was losing cannabis and could not understand why affecting his margin. We were able to go in and determine that in the trim room where they were cleaning the buds, one of the trimmers who they wear latex gloves would palm a bud or two, pull the latex glove off his hand, throw it in the trash. He really didn't care who was picking up the trash. Yeah. But at two o'clock in the morning, because they had a poor waste disposal program, they he would go and get the big black trash bags oh, okay. of cannabis. We've had employees that have underring sales for their friends, employees who have not rang any sales and pocketed the cash and allowing people to take it. Or people who've given out abundance of samples, as they call it. Free samples. Free samples, a lot of free samples with that. And a lot of that just falls right down into that policy and procedure of, mm -hmm. you know, do you, are you doing some of the basic things? And again, I'm not reinventing the wheel. I'm just looking at other retail companies and saying, everyone else does this. Why aren't you not doing this? You work with businesses on every step of the journey. For those businesses that are, you know, set up, they're established, they've got their license, everything's going. Is there a way for them to kind of assess how adequate their security is? Like, do you guys do an assessment yeah. and come in? And, and what does that process look so like? So we'll, we'll come to your location. It's usually a one-day risk assessment. We'll, we'll look at not only your physical security, but your policies and procedures. Uh, talk to some of your employees. Uh, you know, you'd be amazed how many times I've found windows that you can just open in the back room that haven't been secured because no one thought about the windows not being locked in the bathroom or somewhere else like that. Then we'll come back and we'll say, you know, these are some of the deficiencies that we've seen. These are some of our recommendations that you can do. You can utilize your in-house security or your people that help build out your facility, or we can help you with that. Like I said, if you had to upgrade your safe or something like that. Do retailers often take you up on your suggestions or are there some that say, ah, no, we're fine. We have a lot that do listen to what we say and they'll take our suggestions. Sometimes not all of them. Sometimes they'll, they'll hold off. And then when they realize that they've had a problem, then they'll come back and they'll do the rest of it or whatever. That came very apparent during any time, like a looting situation where there is no law enforcement, their mm. exposure of that and maybe the suggestion of how to better lock the door in their secured storage room. So just like any other retailer, they'll look at that, they'll look at the costs. And a lot of them do follow suit because, again, they their margins are thin. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, and, and now, even more so than 10 years ago, their competition is fierce too. They're not the only cannabis dispensary in that town anymore. And there are five more people, the other dispensaries there, so just like any other place, you want to be able to be as profitable as you can. Yeah. Looking at helping with that application process, how does Sapphire kind of improve the odds of getting an application through the door? Like, what do you guys, how do you guys work on that city state kind of licensing? So if you look at the cannabis industry from the application point of view, there's, there's three different markets of applications. You can apply at the state will give you a license for the most part. It's the Wild West, basically. So you look at those states such as Oklahoma, Colorado, Oregon, Washington, where for the most part, if you apply and you meet these certain thresholds, you can open up your location, but there's also 10 locations in the same town. Yeah. So you need to be good at what you do. 
Then there's the merit-based application where they actually score your application. We average a 96% uh, score on our security score. And every point really matters. In Missouri, which is one of the merit-based, there were people that lost by five points. There are some people in some states that lost by like two points and three points. And then there's a hybrid, California, New York, New Jersey. As long as you meet the minimum requirements that they are set forth for cannabis, will allow you to have a license provided that the town has given you what's called a letter of resolution. In order for you to apply to the state, you have to show that the town has given you approval. Now, when you go into the town, they may only be giving out four approval letters. So now you're applying against, you know, 40 people or 30 people for five licenses. And that's where they look at everything, including your security plan, to determine who's the most capable and who should get the resolution or shouldn't so that you can apply to the state. What are some of the things they look at? for approval of those licenses? Very much involved in what you're gonna be doing for the community. Mm. That's something that you really need to be able to focus on and speak to the town council. Some towns have a a cannabis control board. You go through that, then you go to their planning board, and then you go to their city council to get the approval. Some you just go to city council. But why should you get the license compared to someone else that's applying? You know, are you doing an expungement program? And some states are very focused on expungement programs there. When it comes to security, they're very focused on the outside of your facility, much more than the inside of the facility. And they want to understand, are they going to have to hire more law enforcement because you're going to have more break-ins and robberies? What about a line? Will there be a line stretching outside and it's going to affect the bagel shop right next door? Because now you have a line of people waiting to get into your facility. How are you going to prevent that? Will people be smoking cannabis in your parking lot? You know, what will the security person, if you have a guard, what's his role going to be? Is he going to be helping just in the the front or is he going to be patrolling the area? How are you going to affect the community more focused on whether you'll be profitable or not? So have you had examples of where they were close, but they didn't have enough of that merit to get the application. I'll give you a little bit of our secret sauce. (laughs) Yeah. So when we come on board with our client, we're very focused on trying to understand what the local law enforcement wants. We'll go and have a meeting with the chief of police or something of that nature. We had a town in California, they were giving out only four licenses. We had three clients in there, and I think there was 30 people applying. And the chief said, you know what? If you could put the address of the building on in three-foot letters so that if a helicopter flew overhead, it would make me very happy. And I said, sure. It's not in the st- city regs. It's not in the state regs. Three, all three of our clients won wow. licenses. We've put park benches, aggressive plants like thorn bushes, pots that prevent people from driving in had their SWAT team do a review of the location. So really, a lot of times, it's getting in front of them early in that stage and saying, what do you want? We want to be part of this community. How can we do this and how can we help? You want access to our camera system or whatever. And a lot of times, that'll go a long way when they're making their final review compared to somebody who's just applying. Knowing what they're actually looking for. And, and that probably is what sets you guys apart, is that you're willing to go to the town council or the police and say, now what is it that you, what is it that you will right. make you feel good about us coming here? Right. 
For a new business or an established retailer, when is the best time to think about security? Is it right when you're starting or is it, I mean, I guess you kind of have to with the application, but you know, if, if there's someone that's been in business for a while in Colorado and they're like, oh, my security's not quite there, what's the best time to do that? We usually get involved very early because we can help with the design. We can work with the architect in designing their floor plan, maybe save them some money because of the designs that we've seen over the years. So we usually get involved about 10 months prior to you applying for that license. Now, for a person that has just started their business or has been in, in, in business for a while, I think the best approach really is if you have a concern and you're thinking about utilizing us, then you have a concern and mm -hmm. you need to utilize us because you know something, whether you know it in the back of your mind or not, is going on and you want to be able to have someone come in. And I think the easiest thing is just have a risk assessment yeah. where we'll come in, spend the day there, come back and say, look, everything looks good. We don't see anything major. Here are some minor things we would do. And now you have that, that peace of mind and that comfort. We do a lot of MSOs mm -hmm. nationwide. And I think that that has a lot of value for even the small, smaller companies. So now you've been you've been coming here for 10 years. You've been in the industry for a while. What do you kind of see as the future of some of that Canatech or security? Like what's what's the future look like in cannabis security? I think when the, the industry first started, the, the, the philosophy was if you could put 100 cameras at your location, then you're secure. And that's a misconception. How do you best utilize that camera system? Do you, do you bring in a system that can help monitor that, like a net watch kind of system that helps monitor the cameras and identify when there's a, a challenge? You can do geofencing, which means you can identify the camera will activate and, and let you know on your phone if someone enters a particular area or something of that hmm. nature. How do you use proximity key card or access control devices? And so what I'm seeing more in this industry now is it's growing up. A lot of what they did in the past isn't working anymore because the industry changed. So now you have to change with the industry. And like I said, if you look at one of our buildouts on the East Coast and compare it to one of the buildouts on the West Coast, from a security point of view, it's two different industries. Yeah. What about cultivators? Do you work with cultivators mm -hmm. for security? And what does that kind of entail? It's funny, the largest cultivator we work with is in Las Vegas. Oh, okay. 450,000 square foot grow oh, facility, 105,000 plants we put in the ground there. And then we work with the 2,500 square foot facilities, five to 800 plant type of guys. The thing a lot of people miss sight of in the cultivation when it comes to security is they're focusing on the plan mm -hmm. and, the, and their grow rooms and how to secure that, where they should be focusing on how to secure the bag in the secured storage room. If someone broke in and grabbed 10 plants out of the ground, that's not a good thing to happen. But if someone grabbed 10 bags out of your process secured storage room already, that, that's where your significant loss occurs, focusing on the actual a finished product first and then focusing back out to the grow rooms. Well, and that's probably a shift, like you're saying. Like most people have all their cameras trained right at the plants and plants aren't moving. They're, they might be growing, but they ain't moving, you know. But it's like you said, that, that trimmer who's sneaking right. it in. And, you know, are there ways that cultivators can mitigate some of those risks? Again, it sounds like it's a lot of employee theft right. more than break and enter. So the, 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 the obvious place is very focused on, focus on the trim room. That's yeah. where most of your losses can occur because that's where the product's being touched for the most. 
Uh, ensure that you have a good waste disposal program. A lot of companies do not have a good waste disposal program when it comes to that. Be able to watch and follow the plant, which is a lot of state requirements. So now I am going to have cameras in the grow room. I'm going to have cameras in the hallway. But be able to make sure that people understand that I have these cameras and that they're being reviewed. Focusing on the policies of the, of the flow of the plant from if you don't want to lose any of your intellectual property, well, how does your mother room look or, you know, or what's going on in the clone room? And if you don't want to lose property that's going to be out there for sale quickly is really where is that cannabis being stored? It's being stored in your secured uh, storage room. Do you have any tips or tricks for a cannabis retailer to kind of grow their business? Like some inside, you worked with so many different retailers What's something that you've seen that's really helped someone grow their business? The cannabis facilities that are successful that I've seen are very similar to other retail, and that's good customer service. Mm. If you have people that are there and they're engaged and they're helping you and they're responsive, you're going to come back to that location. That also helped prevent shoplifting or other kinds of losses from occurring. And from a security point of view, really, you don't want guards everywhere. You may have a guard in the front of the location at a retail location, but for the most part, your employees are your security. Mm -hmm. Well, in that customer service, like, you know, obviously there's the big players, but then even on the smaller scale of like your local, I live in a small town and our local store, there's, there's four or five different dispensaries but I go to the same one because of that customer service yeah. I get. Those bud tenders who know what they're talking about and are willing to like point me in the direction of what I need, you know? So that customer service is, is key to growing that business. And then from an external point of view, it all starts on the outside. Mm. I pull up to your location, your parking lot is dirty, and there's paper all around and there's, and there's graffiti on the wall and no one's cleaned the windows. You don't care about your location, no. so why should I care about your location? If you look at the number of robberies, and I've dealt with, unfortunately, over 2,000 armed robbery investigations in my career in retail, yeah. one of the overwhelming factors, a high, high percentage, was when you pulled up to that location, it kind of said, we don't care about our location, yeah. so why should you? What's the coolest thing that you've seen here during MJ BizCon that's kind of like a brand new thing? The coolest thing. There's a, there's a booth here called Temeca. Okay. It's in the 7000 series. And the reason why I like Temeca is they actually show you how they would design a cannabis facility. Okay. And, and they're a design company. And I found it cool because I like like models and things of that nature. I'm a visual person. Yeah, me so, too. So I found that that was something I like. Well, and Mike Wilson's there. So, yeah, you know, yeah, he's going to yeah, make it fun. Yeah. He but. has a bigger ego than I do, and that's hard to do. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, he's great. He, he was on the podcast, too. And oh, I was he? Yeah. I had a great conversation yeah. with him. Well, Tony, thank you so much. How can people kind of connect with you and what you guys are doing at Sapphire? So our website is sapphirerisk.com. Uh, my name is Tony Gallo. I'm the managing partner. And you could reach me at 512-422-7600. That's my cell phone. Oh, man. Well, thanks for being on the, the podcast. I'm sure we'll, we'll have to have you back. Uh, you know, you, you've got an amazing team. You've got, you're doing some cutting-edge stuff. And, yeah, it's great talking with you. Thank you. All Appreciate right. it. So many times 
cannabis businesses, they forget about how important security is from start to finish, really from when you're setting up your application to your day-to-day operations. And Tony's insights into what cannabis retailers need to know is so key. And so um, I want to, again, thank Tony and the whole crew over at Sapphire Risk for A, for this great interview, but also for just being such a great partner and for really throwing some great parties while we were in Vegas. Um, You know, I got the chance to hang out with Tony and Catherine and the crew over there at Sapphire, and really they were just such amazing people. So if you're looking for someone to kind of help put some of that security in place for someone to come in and maybe do an assessment of your current setup and see if there are gaps in what you have, reach out to Sapphire Risk. They will help you, you know, be a more secure company, more secure retail location. And they can work with you at any step of the game, it sounds like, from the beginning to the end. So uh, make sure you contact them. We'll have links in our bio. And, you know, like I said, we've got tons of great interviews, tons of great connections that happened from our week in Vegas. And we're going to be releasing those over the coming months. And we are so excited for what's coming up in the coming year. You know, we've got some really important people lined up for the podcast. And I, I can't wait to share all the conversations that I've been having with industry leaders who have so many important insights into how to launch and grow and scale your cannabis retail business. Thanks for listening to the KayaCast podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app or visit our website at kayacast.fm to learn more about our guests and to access the full archive of episodes of the show. We can't wait to share more stories with you each week of cannabis retailers launching growing and scaling their business.